This is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners, and welcome to another installment of Off the Record. I'm your host, Julia Caulfield, and this evening we are talking with five of the 10 candidates running for Mountain Village Town Council this year. The election is coming up in just about two, not about, in two weeks from today. Um, We're going to start with the candidates being able to give some opening statements about why they're running for town council. And then I have some questions as well. As a reminder, though, this is a call-in program. So if you have any questions, please give us a call, 970-728-4333. If one of the candidates is in the middle of talking, we'll let them finish, but I'll answer the phone. So stay on the line, and we'll bring you up as soon as we can. Let me introduce the candidates that I have here with me. I have Heather Knox, Douglas Tooley, Peter Dupre, Allison McLean, and Tucker Maggot. Thank you all so much for being here this evening. You can talk if you'd like. Thanks for hosting us. Great. Um, As I said, we're going to start with some opening statements as to why you're running, and we'll just start on one end and kind of work our way around. So, Heather, we'll start with you. I get to start. Yes. Hi, I'm Heather Knox. I probably know many of you out there listening because I've lived here for 28 years, 11 of those years that were in Mountain Village and are in Mountain Village. Um, I'm currently working for the Telluride Adaptive Sports Program. I also work for the Telluride School District Preschool currently. And over my 28 years here, I've held many jobs, including the director of EcoAction Partners, the director of the Palm Theater. And then when I moved here in 1995, I worked seasonal jobs for Telski and the Town of Mountain Village. And then in 1998, I got hired with the Telluride Conference Center and worked my way up into becoming the director of the Conference Center and then director of economic development. And this weekend, I will be working for the Bluegrass Festival. Whoop, whoop. Um, I bring the perspective of the local workforce. I want to serve on Mountain Village Town Council because I have history, knowledge, and skills, an important perspective that will benefit the Town of Mountain Village government. And I bring some v- diversity uh, with this election. We have the oper- we have the um, scary thought that there could be no female voices on Mountain Village Town Council. So we want to have some women on our council. Um, I want to give back to Mountain Village community that has provided a safe, healthy place for my daughters and me to live. I'm a resident, homeowner, parent, volunteer, employee, and neighbor, and I'm committed to working for all the residents of Mountain Village. Perfect. Uh, Douglas, we'll go to you next. Oh, thank you, Julia. Um, It's been uh, uh, quite an honor to watch your career develop. I remember meeting you, I think it was the the Silverjack Parking Garage construction tour. I, I brought up some uh, intel from the gondola just to say uh, TMVOA was getting started on that. And uh, uh, I'll remember that forever. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, I am running first and foremost because my voice has been shut down. I have a lifelong love of civic decision-making, 40 years now. It should not matter if a person is elected or not when a good alternative is brought to the table or a financial concern is raised. Every salient aspect brought should be considered, if only briefly, and fiduciary responsibility always applies to public decisions. Uh, 
Slap suits and the like are in direct violation of the U.S. Constitution. Things are improving at both San Miguel County and the town of Telluride. I am confident through my campaign, win or lose, that we will turn this same corner in Mountain Village. You may have heard some of my three-minute commentaries broadcast over the last five Fridays on Cut-Up, uh, five of the six previous Fridays now. This is all work I am proud of on the topics of independent voters, the bike route crossing Frank Henson's land, Telluride's transfer warehouse, the Gold King Mine, and most importantly, uh, Friday before last, on the Med Center and Bill Jensen. Throughout these, I am attempting to develop, at the bleeding edge, a critical, independent voice. As a point of disclosure, I do have legal cause of action associated with these past events. My campaign does also secure, serve as notice of these abuses to the constituents of Mountain Village. This contrasts strongly with the very positive, independent campaign of Yemi Mobilade in Colorado Springs, that successful surprise campaign. I am certainly not just a critic, although my battles could be considered a valid reason to not vote for me. Excuse me. I will show a positive side in this forum tonight, a positive side that has been sharpened in 40 years of, ballad, of battle. We need to reclaim the middle from the divisive Punch and Judy puppeteers, the ones that profit from it. Compromise with a criminal is conspiracy. Moderation without accountability is a vice. Thank you. All right. Pete, we'll go to you. Thanks, Julia. Um, my name is Pete Dupre. I am running for re-election. Um, I've been a full-time Mountain Village resident for seven years. I'm married to my wife, Kelly, and we have a really great dog, Wrigley. Um, just a, a brief overview of my work experience. I started with Price Waterhouse in Rochester, New York. Spent six years there. And that was a really great training experience because I got a, a lot of um, exposure to different types of companies and industries. I was fortunate enough to work for a number of Fortune 100 companies. It gave me some very diverse experience in finance, marketing, um, business development, uh, M&A, and, and quality. So for a finance guy to get that exposure, it, I think it was pretty unique. And I think these experiences allowed me to build a foundation so that I could advance my career. In the last uh, 10 or 12 years, I was CEO of two companies. So it was, it was a pretty good run. So you may ask, why am I running for, why would you dare run for a second term? Um, but the, the fact of the matter is, I feel like I can give something to the community. And we've got some big issues. We've got community housing. Uh, we've got a gondola replacement where decisions need to be made probably yesterday. We've got an investment in a wastewater treatment plant for both communities. And we have what are the early signs of some parking issues, certainly in Mountain Village and probably in Telluride as well. Um, the other reason I'm running is, you know, we have a mayor and a pro tem who are terming out. So they've been there eight years, and I feel we do need some continuity of experience uh, so that we can kind of hit the ground running. Um, I'm, and I'm currently on a number of committees, the finance budget, parking, wastewater plant, business development, or BDAC conference center and the TMVOA governance committee. So I think I've gotten gotten involved. I've uh, dove into the deep end and uh, uh, I think I can hit the ground running. So 
being on town council, it's there is a quite a learning curve. So I think uh, I've learned a lot over the the four years. I've learned how to go from being a business operator to hey, you can't always look at things on a profit and loss basis. And I, I do think with this experience, I can hit the hit the ground running. Thanks. Perfect, Allison. We'll go to you. Hi, I'm Allison McLean. Um, on a personal note, I've lived in Mountain Village for three years. My husband and I have two girls. They are going into seventh grade and fourth grade at the public school. Um, my previous professional experience is primarily a healthcare administrator until I moved here. Um, I utilize my degree. I have an MBA in finance um, in that realm. But after I moved here, I took a job with uh, Tri-County Health Network. I was a director um, of their ancillary services until last year. And also um, just am starting my second term on the Med Center board. And so what prompted me to run, I think, is probably what's on top of mind for a lot of folks um, in town and in the region is housing. Um, I'm on the housing committee and the finance committee and a couple others for the med center. And, you know, I heard um, Paul, when I was attending a Mountain Village housing meeting, say, we're in desperate need of housing for dishwashers to doctors. And it's true. You know, we're having a heck of a time recruiting at the med center for that reason, but so is every other entity in town. And so I think Mountain Village is doing an excellent job. They're exceeding their require their PUD requirements for housing. They have goals to what to double that requirement. Um, and I just want to be a part of that continued work. Um, and then just balancing everything. I won't repeat everything that Pete just said, but just the growth and sustainability and staying on track with that, I think is making Mountain Village a very desirable place for families to move to and for second homeowners to spend more time at um, in town, and um, I'm running just to continue to be a part of that. Thank you. Perfect. All right, Tucker, we'll go to you. Last but not least, <coughs> excuse me. Thanks, Julia. Um, I want to thank Coda for setting up this forum tonight. I too have uh, been a long-term visitor, part-time resident, and full-time resident now in, in Mountain Village. Um, and we're also lucky to uh, live in a place that has just unbelievable natural beauty, available outdoor activities, and amazing people that are part of the community. However, <clears throat> excuse me, with all these incredible attributes, our town and region are faced with some critical issues that will need to be addressed in the upcoming council. And a lot of them have been mentioned before, but they're affordable housing, number one. Future gondola, plana, uh, gondola planning improvements, uh, improvements to our wastewater treatment plant, uh, and planning for a new medical center, just to name a few. Um, finding solutions to affordable housing is my top priority on the list. It is imperative that we can attract and retain employees at all levels. And with that being said, uh, truly affordable housing for frontline workers is, is the most critical for our region's success. And, and I said it before and I'll say it again tonight, is affordable housing is not just a town of mountain village issue, it's a regional issue. Um, and as such, we need to collaborate with our regional partners instead of competing with them, as is happening now. Competition from all the different entities that need employee housing is just driving up the market prices. Regardless of the issue that are facing the town and the region, we need to work together in conjunction with all the stakeholders, um, including TMVOA, Telluride Ski and Golf, Town of Telluride, and the county to be successful. We are never going to agree on 100% of all the issues, 
but it's a must that we have an open and transparent dialogue. If elected, I will work tirelessly to represent the town's interests and to work together with other council members and regional stakeholders to find solutions that benefit us all. I look forward to tonight's uh, forum and, and thank you for hosting. Perfect. Koto uh, listeners, if you're just tuning in, we are talking with five of the ten candidates running for Mountain Village Town Council. Um, Obviously, you are each running as individuals, but you will serve on a board, a collective body that, you know, you're able to, to share your individual opinions, of course, but are making decisions as a whole. How would you describe your leadership style and how do you feel like that fits into the, the board space of Mountain Village Town Council? And Douglas, we'll start with you this time. Um, I like putting good ideas out there um, as well as solid critiques, um, and I think I'm good at using uh, those critiques as leverage to constructive improvement. Pete? Uh, I would say my leadership style really evolved over my career. Um, I think uh, early on I was pretty focused. I think I mellowed out as I got older and had more experience. Uh, I would say my leadership style is very collaborative. I, I know the things I know and I know what I don't know. And I would, I would also say I do a lot of walking around. I think I get the best information by just walking around and talking to people. And I, I use that fairly effectively. All right, Allison, we'll go to you. Um, I'd say my current leadership style, um, I like the word collaborative um, and communicative. I feel very strongly that it is the role of this council to hire an effective leader and the town manager, and I think they've done that. Um, I hope we do everything we can to make sure we retain him. And that being said, I think outside of individual leadership, which would be to communicate with folks and um, talk to those you don't, reach out to um, those you do, I would want to just empower the staff, trust them to do their jobs, and um, know that we've hired the right people, and we need to take their lead and their suggestions. Tucker. Yeah, I, I guess I'm jumping on the bandwagon here, too, but um, <clears throat> being collaborative, I think, is just being open um, and honest with people, and even though you might have some preconceived notions of, of how to solve a problem, you need to empower people to bring ideas and not uh, feel like that they can't bring their own ideas to the table. And I think uh, being a leader is is being open to not just your own preconceived notions, but also listen to ideas of others and, and bring them forward. Um, and, and I think that imperative, especially at the, at the point we are um, in the Mountain Village, in the region, I think we, we really need to get all the best ideas to the table. Right, Heather, your turn. Um, I'm Heather Knox, and I feel like it's important to be as informed as possible when you're making decisions for your community. Um, and I am currently on the two government committees, the Grants Committee and the Mountain Village Ethics Committee. And I've also worked for um, the Colorado Department of Health and Environment Pollution Prevention Advisory Board Assistance Committee. And we are, we're a committee of 11 seats and I was representing our region. And on that, we reviewed grants and made decisions. And I felt like it was really important as a leader for our region um, in advocating for our community was really 
doing all the research in advance. And so you knew when you were talking to the other people how you wanted to present yourself. And then also, very important to listen. So I feel like the most important thing that I would bring would be gathering information, retaining it, listening to people, and then trying to bring that to council in a way that can be collaborative with all the other people. All right. Um, you have, pretty much all of you have already brought it up. It will be no surprise that we're going to jump into housing <laughs> um, in this conversation. It is one of the key topics for our community and our region. Mountain Village already has a number of affordable housing projects that are um, on the way. There's lot 644 Meadowlark up in the meadows, um, an expansion of Village Court Apartments. At the same time, we will often hear that you can't build your way out of a housing crisis. So I would love to hear from you all, what are, other than building, what are out of the box um, ideas that you have for ways that Mountain Village specifically, but also the region collaboratively can start to tackle some of the housing issues that, that we're seeing? And Pete, we'll start with you. Well, I don't know how out of the box this is gonna be. I, I mean, I think Mountain Village has a plan. And we, we've been studying this for a while. And, you know, as you said, Meadowlark and VCA are just in the early stages of going and should, should be hopefully towards the end of their completion by the late, later on in 2024. But with that said, we also have, we've bought, uh, I think it's 50 acre, that may be wrong, but a lot of acres in Norwood, just outside the town limits. Um, and it's flat, and I think we could do a nice nice development there of a, a multi-modal type, single family home, maybe some condos, small apartments. Um, so that's one area, and then nearer to town is Ilium. Now we haven't; we're still in due diligence, but um, we've been working on this well over nine months, uh, making sure we do the due diligence up front before we close. But I think that's looking pretty positive. That's 53 acres; it's close to town, so our police officers could live there and then be able to make it up to town if they had to. Um, so. I think rather than focusing on, you know, out of the box, could we get some second homeowner to build an apartment dwelling or something like that? I think we should just follow the plan that we're on, and I think we can deliver a lot more in a short period of time. All right. Allison. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep saying I agree with Pete. <laughs> um, you know, so what you were asking is um, like something unique or out of the box because you can't build your way out of it. And I don't know that I 100% agree with you can't build your way out of it, but I'm thinking why would why do we say that? And um, one thing that comes to mind frequently, and I'm sure everybody who's been involved in housing, is uh, the definition of affordability. Um, you know, it's, I have come to say um, deed-restricted housing or something else than affordable because so many of the folks do not, that are in deed-restricted housing, would not tell you it's affordable to them. And so something out of the box and, you know, that we're already doing, likely, um, is pursuing more grants to help with the barriers to entry of either purchasing or even moving into our um, deed-restricted housing. And then pursuing... Um, philanthropic um, partnerships 
and um, you know that's within our plan as Pete said stick to the plan that's within our plan to do these types of things and as uh, the staff for housing in Mountain Village has grown I think they are working towards that and um, so I think we're on the right track Tucker yeah <clears throat> obviously that's that's one of my biggest talking points but I think um, the create I think um, I think everybody's right. I think we need to, we, we need more affordable housing, truly affordable housing, especially for those frontline workers. I think th maybe the flaw in what's happening right now is each entity, whether it's a governmental entity, a private entity, we're all competing for the same housing and for the same um, same employees. And as a result, we continue to drive up. And I think even in Norwood, I think that was a competitive situation, Pete. Um, and it may have driven the price up. I think that there are different entities around, whether it be the county, whether it be the town of Telluride, town of Mountain Village, um, that has different things. Some of them have money, some of them have land. And I think maybe not a formal arrangement, but at least um, some kind of loose agreement where we can all figure out who has what and what they have to offer. And because as each entity is developed, whether it be the school district, et cetera, um, housing, then we all benefit from from those additional units. I also think I think um, Ilium is a is a really great strategic move by by the current council um, because it doesn't create a remote situation like maybe a Norwood would for younger seasonal workers. I don't think they want to be isolated. I think a place like Ilium has a place where you could develop community um, and and still have public transportation to get people here, keep cars off the road, but keep them close enough where if we have a snowstorm, they can get here during the winter. All right. Heather. Hi. Um, so Mountain Village has always been a leader in building regional workforce housing. Um, and so it's important to continue that. And um, I know Mountain Village has a great um, program to buy up, um, buy unit for deed restriction so if someone has a unit and they're willing to sell it for and have a deed restriction on it there's a fund for that um, mountain village has also encouraged um, building auxiliary dwellings which has been helpful and um, overall i would say uh, my biggest thing that i've see would see would be helpful would be buying up short-term rentals particularly those in the meadows um, because there's quite a few short-term rentals and they are pretty disruptive to the neighborhood in terms of parking tr people don't know how to use the trash situation um, and also like people walking around in their ski boots above other units things like that um, so i think buying up those short-term rentals would provide housing immediately and um, it could really help the neighborhood. I've also, I'm a Meadows resident, have heard from my neighbors often that more um, housing locations need to be war looked at in Mountain Village beyond the Meadows. The Meadows can't hold everybody. And um, I think that's important because having residents in other locations in Mountain Village is critical for those um, essential workers and the people that have to be able to get to Mountain Village for their work. All right. Okie Doug, it's you. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing about the Meadows is that um, 
you know, there's really only one place in Mountain Village where you can build that entry-level housing, and that's Village Court. I don't know if I was the person who encouraged it or somebody else with a similar perspective, but um, you know, we have changed the um, the phase four expansion to Village Court to include these four bedroom units. Um, you know, eventually we should get rid of um, uh, uh, big billies, the billionaires um, down in the meadows, and you know I don't know what you build there and its replacement, but. Um, uh, you know, I think the Meadows should be first and foremost a family neighborhood, and I do think there is room for for more growth in that in that regard. Um, you know, I think the Meadows is a good place for short-term rental restrictions and hard restrictions there. Um, it's a neighborhood that's been affected. I am not one of these knee-jerk people that's always against short-term rentals. There are places where it does make sense, but if you're disrupting a working neighborhood. It does not. <coughs> and, and that said, um, you know, having um, you know an individual owner in a deed restricted able to rent for four weeks or eight weeks a year um, of their own personal property, so it's still primarily a, a primary residence. That's certainly appropriate as well. <coughs> um, I'm excited about the Ilium housing. I could even uh, see myself moving there um, at some point, sooner or later. Uh, no, but when it comes to housing, you know, there's a, a responsibility here that people are not recognizing. We've been having this conversation forever, and all that gets done is enough for people to keep political control over the issue without results. Since the 2018 study um, available on the San Miguel Regional Housing Authority website, we've basically just kept even, um, and roughly, uh, I think, uh, Delaney said she did 86 units in her term as mayor. Um, and it's roughly the same in Mountain Village, and we're just keeping it even. We haven't done anything to address the backlog. And there's a responsibility for that that bad planning. There are going to be costs that um, go to um, property owners here, um, but you know I think we can cut some of the fat out of the government and assign some of that responsibility to where it belongs. A, another um, regional issue. So many of these uh, topics impact Mountain Village specifically, but also have you know big regional impact as well. And one of them is definitely the wastewater treatment plant that some folks have already mentioned um, this evening. What do you see Mountain Village's role, or what do you think Mountain Village's role should be when it comes to um, planning, financing, and use of the wastewater treatment plant as it um, expands or grows in, in the coming years as, as we need it to? And Allison, we'll start with you. Gosh, this is not in my wheelhouse, and I just love that I'm first. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'll just, I'm just to be honest, again, when I said it's not um, something that I completely understand with our development of the new med center, um, I've become more educated, and um, kind of as a punt, I would say the collaboration between um, the entities, and then also, like, the only thing that I did to educate myself on this is to read the comprehensive plan and um, as we talk about just sticking to the plan and uh, moving forward with that. All right. Tucker, we'll go to you. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, Mountain Village definitely has to play a role, and I'd like to see Mountain Village be more involved with planning. It seems to me that Telluride is really taken as, as primary owners of the, of the facility, has taken uh, more of a lead in it. 
Um, I think we need to determine what's necessary for future growth um, and for, for that, that expansion. However, some of the additional requirements um, won't come into effect until 2030, 2040, and 2050. And so when you're looking at a price tag of 60 to $80 million that's purported right now, that seems awfully high um, for the improvements that we need today. So again, I'd like to see uh, Mountain Village take more active role in the design if we're allowed to, um, and really look at what's what's going to be. We, we should definitely use pay our percentage of our use, um, but more than that, I, I don't know that uh, we can do anything else. All right, Heather. Um, so Mountain Village definitely needs to partner with the town of Telluride on this important project. We need to cover what is um, to come and which with our developments and um, going forward what we our needs are right now. Um, I would say Mountain Village is in kind of an interesting position versus the town of Telluride because the town of Telluride collects RET, real estate transfer tax, whereas the Mountain Village collects RETA and it's not doesn't go to the town government like the town of Telluride's um, the RETA goes to real estate transfer assessment goes to TMBOA and um, it was set up that way specifically to fund the gondola until 2027 and um, so we have a little bit of a different situation in terms of our financial ability because um, we have two different entities basically that have funds and um, so we need to basically work with TMBOA and the town of Mountain Village um, we are we need to look at our funds as one and um, because that's how it is for the town of Telluride you have the same funds that it's just in one pot versus two <laughs> um, but again Mountain Village needs to cover our portion and we need to finance it and work together with our partners <laughs> Sorry for dropping my pen in the middle of your <laughs> sentence. <laughs> um, Doug, we'll go to you. Uh, I think that two pots in need of a single pot is very much needed. I watched um, the San Miguel Authority for Rapid Transit, for regional transit, uh, go through a very long process. And, you know, I think we would have better decisions if we had good leaders from a variety of perspectives in a single elected body serving both Telluride and Mountain Village instead of this divided um, leadership structure, which implicitly, I think, does foster some divisiveness. Um, there seems to be some uh, behind-the-scenes battles going on with the sewer plant and the gondola, which are both kind of the turf of the, the respective agencies, and they both belong together. Uh, I remember Paul Rood um, under... Um, uh, former Mayor Sean Murphy calling for a um, regional uh, wastewater authority, which is how the standard best practice. Um, and uh, under Mayor Murphy's um, administration, that got lost. Then it came back again under um, Delaney Young. But I, I missed it, and we seem to be back just to a soul. I tell you right, I don't know if, if Pete knows what the situation is going on there. Uh, they're talking about $45 million. Uh, 
And there's a second alternative that they have not considered. I don't know that this is a better deal, but that's a down valley sewage plant. Um, it was looked at very briefly, um, I think before I came here, uh, 10 years ago or more. And they looked at an alignment under 145 down Kingstone Hill, which does not work. Um, the one that could work is down the Galloping Goose Trail, and that should have been done, uh, or should have been planned at the same time. Um, uh, San Miguel Power Association uh, put their, their power line in there. Um, and that still needs to be looked at. You know, it's basic public um, uh, benefits. Uh, they're talking $45 million now. The price is likely to increase even more with the change orders and the lawyers involved in the change orders. And it's going to be escalating, and it's going to be a pain to do. Uh, and we don't have any competition on the table uh, right now. We, we still need that. It's going to be expensive, more than $45 million. All right. Pete, we'll go to you. So the, the other candidates are at a little disadvantage since I'm on the wastewater committee. <laughs> um, so I know all about wastewater. <laughs> well, so th this is a, I think this is a real opportunity for the two. So this should be a shared community asset. Now, we Mountain Village does own part of the wastewater treatment plant. Um, but I would say the two communities so far have not worked as well as they could have on this jointly. So I do think this might be a good test, similar to SMART. So SMART, County, Telluride, and Mountain Village came together and figured out a plan. And I do think this could fall into that kind of shared resource, maybe somebody down valley, the two communities up here, El Desaro, and it would be a shared uh, entity similar to the way SMART was was organized, and then you could fund it. And the, the numbers are actually bigger. The, the, we're talking close to $80 million from the last I heard. So it is a, it's a big nut. It's, a, you know, it's similar uh, to the gondola, what we're talking about. So it, it needs to be planned out looking at the financing how do we optimize the financing how do we ensure we have the right oversight of the project so I, th I think it would be a great way for the two or three communities to come together and work on this and and maybe learn how to work better together all right um mountain villages economy um is built up of many diverse folks, right? We have second homeowners who spend varying amounts of time here. We have workers who live here all year round, recognizing that the economy needs to, to work for both of those groups and whoever's falling in between. Um, how, do you, how do you envision and how do you think that Mountain Village, your role on potential role on town council balances the needs of folks who maybe are looking at the economy of this community and of this region very differently in, in what they and what they want to need. And Tucker, we'll start with you. Wow, that's a all encompassing question. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we are definitely a, a tourism driven economy. And as such, it, it has uh, jobs for all levels of employees. I think one of the things that we we can look at more and for anybody who spent any time here during the shoulder seasons and the off seasons um, knows that there's not a lot going on so it's very difficult for um, full-time employment during those periods and so 
We need to look at being more of a 365-day-year economy and things that we can bring to the table during those times. Um, it's a wonderful place. There's many activities to raise a family, and there are a lot of opportunities for families and workers. Um, but I, I think really um, make, making more of a all-year-round type economy. All right. Heather, we'll go to you. Um, Mountain Village is absolutely a diverse a population. We have all ages from babies to late retirees and um, economic levels. And recognizing that we are one community, community is extremely important. Um, as Tucker mentioned, tourism is our driver in terms of our, it's not our biggest economic driver, our biggest economic um, industry is actually real estate, which I believe is in the billions, whereas um, tourism is much more in the tens of millions. Um, but we need the gov town government um, gets its revenue from lodging tax, sales tax, property tax, and um, so tourism is extremely important to our town. And it's what defines Mountain Village. It's um, the ski area, the beautiful trails, the recreation, the summer. And um, so we need, we are a tourist destination and we need to embrace that. We, and um, with that, we need housing for the lower entry level employees who are dish washing dishes and also the housing for the, um, we have housing for many of the upper echelon. And so just recognizing the spectrum that is needed and recognizing that we're all one community is really important. All right. Doug, we'll go to you. Those are good numbers, Heather, on the, the relative uh, economic effects of real estate and, and the rest of the business. Um, you know, we need a more diversified economy, but how you do that, how you build that in um, a place that's um, uh, residency is controlled by deed restriction, which doesn't allow people to work um, remotely, um, that puts a barrier on that. Um, and you know, we don't even have the housing for the people that we have now. Um, people talk about property rights, but people have a property right to um, you know, have a house um, and to live a good life. Uh, I don't think Dan Enright um, likes me on the Telluride Town Council because he's Democratic affiliations, but he was talking um, earlier today about um, uh, you know, people wanting to start families here and they're not able to do it because of the housing situation. Um, uh, he's spot on with that. Thank you. All right. Pete, we'll go to you. You know, Mountain Village, um, it is a diverse community. I mean, what other ski area has um, employee housing on, on the ski slope? I don't think too many. You don't see that in Vail. They're commuting from Avon and, and other places. So we are fortunate that we have built some... Uh, affordable housing on on the ski slope, but there you know there are pluses and minuses to this. We have a lot of affluent people who actually are putting money into the community through the Telluride Foundation, through giving to local charities. My wife is on the San Miguel Resource Center board. We we contribute to that, and so there are some benefits to having part-time wealthy individuals, and but. You know, we're not like a Yellowstone. We have 
you know, I think we're pretty well integrated. And, you know, we're doing programs like Farm to Table, where we're trying to make it easier for people to, to get the food that they need. During COVID, we did some things like a rent relief on VCA. So, you know, I think we just, we have to make sure, you know, if, if we get elected to town council that, you know, as Heather has said, you got to have your kind of listen to what are some of the pressure points prim primarily where the with the workforce and make sure that we're developing programs that can address some of that because without the workers we have nothing here so we all have to be cognizant of that all right allison yeah thank you um you know as we look and kind of compare ourselves and they say we're not a yellowstone or we're maybe not a brick i think what's really hard for every entity in this region is to try to find a comparable community because um, when you look at the numbers we're three times smaller um, than others or more than ski resorts or towns that we like to compare to and i think that impacts our financial viability and the economy and i think the consultants that you guys hired said our economy is vulnerable um one of the one of the reasons is because of hotbeds and another reason is because of the seasonality of our economy and I will say it's not all bad news. Sales tax revenue is going up, 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 but... So it's property tax. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, good point. But I would like to just throw out an idea and kind of get on a soapbox. I've been short with other answers, so maybe I can go a little long with this one. I would like to look at what are the things that bring, like, year-round residents and that could impact the seasonality, because when you look at the numbers, our retail spaces, our restaurants, I think they're great in Mountain Village and they're just getting better, but they struggle so terribly in the off season. So their revenues per square foot are so low. Um, but my soapbox is a community center or a rec center and their data has shown that um, that keeps second homeowners here throughout more of the year. But um, one thing that surprised me that it's not like a tier one public benefit um, on the plans for Mountain Village is that when I worked for Trade County, we did a um, community health needs assessment and a community center or rec center was at the very top of the list. And one surprising reason is because of isolation and um, mental health. Um, when there's not indoor recreation opportunities in these shoulder seasons, we are um, isolating folks and we're especially isolating folks that don't have the economic opportunities um, provided to everyone. So I feel like it's also an equity issue to provide recreation to all socioeconomic levels. So I think when it's kind of chicken and egg, I think you invest in the workers, you invest in that year round economy and um, overall things will just get better. All right. We know that climate change and the environment is a key issue across the country and world and no less in our region and communities as well. Um, recognizing that Mountain Village is only one town and cannot do everything to fix climate change. Um, do you think that the town is doing enough to address climate change on the local and more regional level? And what can or should the town be doing more to help um, you know, do what we can to do our part, I guess. And Heather, we'll start with you. Um, so in the Town of Mountain Village's Climate Action Plan, it shows that 91% of our greenhouse gas comes from buildings. 
And so um, I believe the town of Mountain Village is working towards, um, it should be working towards carbon neutral in um, new construction. And I know the town has had a really successful solar program and it would be great to see that solar program be able to be utilized by more of the workforce um, it, in the meadows particularly just um, I know it's hard for the multifamily units because they have a shared roof and so it's hard for them it, when they're they don't have a plan to re-roof for maybe 10 years and so um, but in general the workforce are the ones that can really benefit from lower um, costs in of their utilities um, overall though mountain village is doing a, i think a really good job in their government programs um, for the environment um, like i mentioned the solar program and then um, the working with smpa and um, our partners for many of their energy incentive programs because SMPA has some great programs um, for energy efficiency. Mountain Village also has um, electric car charging stations, which are great and they're expanding further. And then um, Mountain Village has a zero waste goal um, and that has been, they've been working on that for, we've been working on that for a while in terms of reduction, recycling and composting. And there's gonna be some commercial composting coming online available. And so um, I hope that will be embraced. Uh, Mountain Village has had the pumpkin composting over um, in the fall. And so that was successful. And then overall, I would think it's important that Mountain Village is continuing participation in the Colorado Communities for Climate Action, um, CC4CA, because those are where a lot of the policy decisions that'll make much bigger impact than our town. Right. Doug, we'll go to you. Uh, as a disabled resident, um, I was a beneficiary of the Echo Action um, uh, uh, Income Qualified Program which um, uh, bought some of the solar panels out in Paradox. Um, and thank you for that, Heather. That was under, under your watch. Uh, not a big thing, but I think things like that are important. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we can do is set the model. Uh, people watch this community, and you know we need to make decisive steps forward as a model of the new economy, the new electrical economy, um, that includes uh, microgrids and distributed energy resources strategically placed, uh, including huge batteries at our public safety facilities, um, so they always have power. <coughs> um, you know, I think we can do a lot of small things too. Um, the uh, there's a story about the golf course. Um, an event, big event last year, I forget the name of it, where, uh, where they had everybody out and all the golf carts started running out of power um, out on the, on the golf course. Pete knows the story probably better than I. Um, and, you know, I'm a former dirtbag nomad, and I've got better batteries than um, uh, Chuckles has in uh, his golf carts. Um, uh, you know, this is kind of a far-out idea, but I think it makes sense. Um, you know, we could convert um, those golf carts to lithium iron phosphate batteries, and we could also make some so that they're usable as ATVs, and we can open up Mountain Village to the use of those electric vehicles within the community. 
and maybe even open up boomerang. There'll be some illegal issues with that, but just to, you know, making those more accessible. And of course, e-bikes are coming, so that's good too. Um, Pete, we'll go to you. So I know a little bit about this. I spent 15 years in renewable energy. Um, you know, I think we're, for the town our size, I think we're doing an awful lot. You know, Heather mentioned the solar uh, rebate. We had 2,500 for for a non-de-restricted, 5,000 for a deed-restricted house. So the economics worked out really well for a deed-restricted. We've got a full, not a full-time, but a part-time sustainab sustainability person who's looking at what do we need to do better. Um, we've got a water conservation program where we will pay for part of a, an, uh, an intelligent water meter. Um, you know, can we do more? Sure. I mean, part part of it is okay. We can put in all the electric chargers we want, but if our power is coming from tri-state through SMPA, 80% of their generation's coal. <laughs> so there's not much we can do until they change, which they are are starting to. So, but I th I think you know. I've got some ideas on it. I think maybe the next green team initiative or something like that. But um, I think overall, we're for a small community, I think we're doing a pretty good job. All right. Allison. Yeah, so Julie, we had this question last week, and it was not in my wheelhouse. So I spent some time just learning and researching what we we're doing and then looking into best practices and other similar sized communities. And really, it's just a repeat of what everybody just said. And, you know, looking at the most impactful, um, you know, again, if it's coming from coal, is, is that really impactful? But what would be most impactful is looking at our building codes and requirements. But, um, as we look at every single project, what I'm thinking is the impact um, to the environment and balancing it with the economic impact to our budget because these programs cost money. And so looking at what other folks in the region are doing, um, a great example is what the school is doing right now. You see all those barriers out in front um, replacing with solar and a good portion of that is through grant funding. And so, um, Gosh, you could educate me. Do we have a grant writer on yeah, staff? We do. Yeah. Yep. And so to seek out those grants that can fund the programs that they're impactful, but maybe are not, um, it would be a, a tough add to the budget that we could um, do that through grants. All right. Tucker. All right. Going last is a blessing and a curse. Um, so I think everybody hit on the high points, and the question was, is what can we do better? Um, I think we've we've increased uh, the HERS, the home energy rating system on new construction, but maybe we have a lot of existing homes or older homes that are not very energy efficient. And I think we can create some sort of program or government policy to incentivize um, existing homeowners that aren't up to the current codes to, to bring their um, homes up to existing codes. Um, I also think, uh, you know, as everybody pointed out, uh, we're doing really well as a town. We're well ahead of um, Colorado and the nation as far as, as our recycling rates, et cetera. I think one of the things we might be able to do a little better is education and get people the information so that at the end of the day, we each have our own personal responsibility to, to help with the problem and global warming and climate change. So uh, education. And then one last thing, just an idea. Uh, my wife and I spend uh, quite a bit of time volunteering at the food pantry and uh, food insecurity is a big issue here and every once in a while we'll have uh, a renter 
have a bunch of leftover food at the end of their stay and they'll bring it down to the food pantry and and maybe that's a program we could put together with all the management companies because we know that people come for a week and they're big families and they buy a whole bunch of food and a lot of it gets thrown away so that's one way just to to reuse recycle and and help the economy and environment all right I love a rapid fire round. So um, I have a couple questions for you. And before we get to closing statements that you get one word to answer. Oh, no. I know. Um, in one word, what sets you apart from the other candidates running for Mountain Village Town Council? And Doug, we'll start with you. I'm the disruptor. All right. Pete. Experience. Allison. Say a financial mind in one word. <laughs> we'll allow it. <laughs> Tucker. Collaboration. All right. And Heather. Broad perspective of the region. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. It was all like <laughs> gas. It was hyphenated. Yeah. <laughs> that takes decades. <laughs> um, bluegrass, as we know, is coming up this weekend. I won't make you pick bluegrass, but um, if you were a genre of music, what would you be? Pete. Probably folk rock. Right. Americana. She knew it off the bat. Classic <laughs> 70s rock and roll. All right. Heather. All. And Doug. I'll give a shout out to my prog route, uh, roots. All right. Um, Mountain Village Town Council elects your mayor rather than that person running separately. Um, if you were to be elected onto town council, would you be interested in serving as mayor of Mountain Village. Allison? No. Tucker? No. Heather? Not initially. Right. Doug? Uh, not initially. All right. And Pete? Maybe. All right. Um, final rapid fire before we get to our closing statements. Um, we've talked about a lot of issues today. Some of y'all have brought up other ones outside of the specific questions, and we know there are many more that we weren't able to touch on. So of the topics that we didn't get to today, what is one issue that you think is really important that is facing Mountain Village and the region as a whole? Tucker. Keeping the Godola going. Right. Heather. Um, so is one word? Well, one issue. <laughs> one issue. There okay, I think we have to absolutely have functional relationships with our working relationships with our partner. Partners, the Town of Mountain Village, Town Telski, TMVOA, and then also beyond that, town of Telluride, San Miguel County. All right, Doug. Uh, you know, I think the control that the um, commercial real estate owner uh, Chuck Horning has via Telski over both TMVOA and um, and the town um, is something that I think is detrimental. Um, and it is going to be bad for the economy um, shorter than sooner rather than later. All right. Y'all are getting loosey goosey with this one word, <laughs> one issue answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Pete. One issue on my list that nobody's really talked about is fire mitigation. All right. And Allison. Not a classic issue, but the mental wellness of the community based on the economic realities of living here. All right. Um, Coto listeners, You've been tuned into Off the Record um, with five of the ten candidates running for Mountain Village Town Council. In our final moments, we're going to hear closing statements from each of them, and we're going to go in reverse order this time. So, Tucker, we're going to start with you. Sweet. 
Uh, we are at an inflection point in the Mountain Village with the next town council facing significant decisions and large capital projects. Finding solutions to affordable employee housing in the region, future gondola planning including both capital expenditure and ongoing operating and maintenance expenses, setting a course for our wastewater treatment plant that will ensure adequate future capacity and required updates, and planning for a new medical center are all matters that the upcoming town council will need to address. As I have indicated previously, these issues are not only Mountain Village issues, these are regional issues. We need a council that will first and foremost represent the interests of the residents of Mountain Village, but will also work collaboratively with our regional stakeholders. Each of those stakeholders has their own unique goals and objectives, and their goals and objectives don't always fully align with those of Mountain Villages. However, we need to have a relationship with them to move forward successfully. I have the time, experience, and work ethic to be an effective member of town council and represent Mountain Village's interests within our regional partners. I believe that working together we can make Mountain Village an even more amazing place to live, work, and play. That is, that is why I'm asking for your vote. I would be honored to have your support and thank you very much. Allison, we'll go to you. I have a simple closing statement. Vote. Um, I guess it's been really disappointing to see in previous elections how many how few people have voted and I think um, we can all not this group pat themselves on the back but the community as a whole pat themselves on the back that we have this many folks that are willing to be public servants because that's what this job is um, Pete's the only one with the experience I view it as a thankless public service to um, usually thankless I can imagine and so I just hope that the community especially um, locals and those that feel either unheard or marginalized vote and um, to, to look at all the candidates and make up your own mind but participate and encourage those that you know to participate in the process perfect Pete um, so I've been on town council for four, four years and so you know I think we we accomplished quite a bit in those. It was a pretty challenging environment. So we had to navigate through COVID for over two years. I think we did well. We reacted quickly. We spent money we didn't have budgeted to try to keep the wheels on in, in town of Mountain Village. We invested in a fiber project that brought high-speed internet. Um, you know, as I said before, we've got a plan on affordable or on community housing. Uh, we updated the comprehensive plan and. Uh, we had a, a, a lively debate over hotbeds and uh, open space and meadows development. And, you know, we didn't all, you know, all agree, but I think we came to consensus. And we, we brought in a new five-star hotel that hopefully in the next couple of years will get, get built. Um, there is a learning curve on council. Um, I got to say, I learned a lot. Um, and I think because of that learning curve, I think I can hit the ground running and, and keep, keep things moving. Um, I've had a 40-year career. I'm retired now. I want to give back. I've worked uh, in some great companies that really invested in me. And I think I can sh share some of that knowledge and experience with the community and hopefully make this a better place. All right. Thank you. And uh, Douglas. 
Uh, I've been doing a little bit of research, and there was a 2019 article regarding the uh, Village Court expansion, which has been delayed right when you came into office. Yep. They were considering yes. the, the sale yes. of it, which they decided not to. Yes. Thank you. Um, and you were talking about support of, of, home, of equity ownership, um, and that's important. Um, I, I didn't look at the final budget this year, but the draft budget um, on the $10 million cost overrun from 2000, that's become a $10 million cost overrun since 2019, included 480000 uh, as I recall, um, <coughs> uh, from the village court budget to support that $10 million um, cost overrun. Uh, so, you know, uh, the village court residents um, are the ones who are stepping up you know, including people who have been there for 10 years, 20 years, um, and, you know, started families or have not been able to start families. Uh, we're having an event at Village Court, hoping to engage um, the folks at Village Court in this community as they develop their careers and their lives. Um, we have eight of 10 um, candidates RSVP'd. This is for Wednesday the 21st, the day after the next forum. Um, it's going to be at um, what I call Deck 10. It's a uh, deck with a fantastic view by Building 10 and under Lift 10. Uh, this came about through a conversation with Madeline Gomez, just uh, talking about uh, uh, things we might be able to do and making uh, Wascare more available. Uh, uh, I've spent six months in Mexico. My grammar is horrible, but I think my pronunciation is okay. Here's the translation that uh, Oscar provided, if I might read that in Spanish. Sure. Uh, apartmentos de Village Court, Función de Candidatos al Consejo Municipal. Ven y conoce a los candidatos al Consejo Municipal en una función informal en la Cupierta Diaz, cerca del edificio Diaz, y debajo del ski lift Diaz, se ofrecerán refrescos ligeros. Uh, cinco y media a uh, siete, miércoles, 21 de junio. Thank you. All right. And Heather, we'll finish off with you. Um, thank you, Doug, for orchestrating the VCA um, candidate forum I think that's our candidate meet and greet I think that's great that you did that um, and thank you Kodo and Kodo listeners for hosting us um, if I'm elected to council I what I feel like I would bring to the table is longevity and um, dedication to the place as I've been in the region for 28 years and I plan to be here until <laughs> much longer um, and the broad history I have of Mountain Village, um, pre and post gondola, Adams Ranch dirt road, um, 2005 housing boom, and to till, till 2007, and then um, the deep recession from 2008 to about 2013, um, and then during COVID and post COVID housing craze. Um, I would will bring a commitment to Mountain Village. I serve on two Mountain Village government committees currently. Um, and I, as a previous Town of Mountain Village employee from 1996 to 2008, I have an understanding of how local government works. Um, and 
I have a detailed knowledge about a lot of the mountain village and regional research studies. Um, I can list some of them, but parking study, climate action plan, EPA waste characterization study, region, regional housing needs assessment, trails and transportation study, um, et cetera. Um, so I feel like I would bring that knowledge and want to grow it. And then also just from my work with EcoAction partners, I bring experience of working with our government partners, the town of Telluride, um, San Miguel County and cross county borders. And then also from my previous experience um, with working with a state statewide regional government. And if I'm elected, I would be honored to serve all the Mountain Village constituents. And thank you for considering me for your vote. Perfect. Um, well, that is more than all the time that we have for the program this evening. No, that was not you. That was a me timing thing. Um, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. Thank you to Heather and Doug and Pete, Allison and Tucker for being here and sharing your ideas um, about Mountain Village and its future. Um, as a reminder to listeners, if you are voting in Mountain Village's town council election, ballots are out and you have until June 27th to return them or you can vote in person on the 27th at Town Hall. And we will be back next Tuesday, same time, same place with the other five candidates who are um, vying for four seats on Mountain Village. Village Town Council. Thank you all so much for being here this evening. Thanks Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Off the